VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Monday. How could I forget that it was Monday? This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. Live on Twitter X Spaces at some point today. And of course, as you all know, we missed a game. And like I said, that's going to happen here and there throughout yep. basketball season. Basketball season's tough. It's the toughest part of the year, especially going into the spring from for me particularly. So um Anyways, this isn't our day job, is my point. Uh, so since we, well, 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 we can briefly, I mean, I've got about three things to say about Duke and we can, like, that's so um, over and done with. I'm sure everybody's probably forgotten about it. But um, just a couple of uh, notes in regards to some of the um, 2024 class. There was this Marcellus Barnes that um, committed over the weekend, uh, four-star guy. Uh, uh, DB and, um, he did, you know, he did one of those fancy to do's in, uh, announced live. So, um, that was a big one. And I don't think if I remember right, I'm not sure if we talked about, um, Emmanuel Ross wide receiver. So I don't think yeah, we did. We He's did. been there for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, still, um, racking them up. And uh, knocking him back, old Fran is on the yeah. on the camp in the recruiting trail. So, anyways, yeah. I was gonna say he got camp- a couple of them right campaign so. trail, but I'm sure he get all of Syracuse to vote for him, no matter what that that's about. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think we last I think the last guy we talked about was Joshua Miller, right? The last guy that was a transfer though. So yes, yeah, that was, was the last transfer. transfer we talked about was Joshua Miller, and then there's. Um, Were you about to just we- starting to talk about transfers? Were you about well, to get there's into that? Weatherspoon, Dion Wilson Jr., and then Deuce Chestnut came back, obviously. And Deuce Chestnut one for me is a little bit. I I like it, of course. I mean, the dude's talented, and I I don't I'm just don't know why he left to begin with. You know, yeah. because he could have been because we, we dude we talked about this when it happened. We talked about this earlier this year we talked about this when and, and here's another thing um, john wildhack takes a shot at the guy pretty much without naming his name and to some extent and he still comes back i mean that just goes to show you on one hand the power of fran but the other thing is is what what transpired to even ignite the flame under his ass to hightail it out of here i mean was it, it had to have been an IL money or something to that regard i gotta imagine um didn't play a lot he went to lsu right didn't play a lot um uh, ended up like kind of disconnecting from the team late in the year late in the season uh this yep. past this past season and then now he's back i i welcome him back i just don't 
if I'm being honest, I I, we, I don't need any drama on, on the team. That's all. That's all I'm yeah, I mean, and I get that point because I think that we did speculate a little bit with that because obviously we know that he was kind of involved in what transpired with the Laquin Allen thing with that story when right, that came that out. Was, right, right. It was so, almost immediate. And then you know we that. assumed right. he went for the NIL money, and you know I think this is just one of those things where grass sometimes isn't always greener, and sometimes you know um, you know he was closer to home. He was closer to, you know, more people that he, you know, knew and stuff like that. So um, to me, that's just kind of what that screams. You know, I don't know <clears throat> how much drama went on or anything with LSU, but at the end of the day, he's from Camden, you know, and so is Fran and everything. And I'm sure that Fran isn't just giving him a free pass on the way back. I'm sure Fran had the conversation with him. Why'd you leave? Why you want to come back? What happened? And, um, uh, you know, we have talented secondary. We brought in guys. You know, the guys we brought in last year were starting to play good um, at the end of the year, so much to the point where Jeremiah Wilson went and transferred. So um, I definitely um, welcome him with open arms, and I think that he's going to come back and he's going to work harder for a guy like this because obviously they've known each other from the same place, sure that they're, you know, paths have crossed in recruiting. So, um, I, I mean, I, and I definitely would be willing to bet uh, Fran Brown pro- didn't promise a starting spot almost you know i mean i make him come back make him work for it he's got some some things that he's got to work back to but yeah i mean i definitely welcome him in open arms especially you know that just makes that room talented so and as far as when it comes to drama i just i think these coaches are going to be able to nip it in the bud so um yeah just coming back to more people that he knows more than you know people from new jersey and people he has relationships with so hopefully that works out i mean um, I, I think it I think all in all, it will. We'll have to. I don't think Fran Brown's the kind of guy who's going to put up with any extracurricular. And, you know, there's yeah. going to be some more discipline. And, you know, I think Dino talked a really good game with the, with the kind of not necessarily discipline, but like culture or like Ohana and this and that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't think there was a ton of discipline in regards to, I mean, I'm just speculating. But yeah. I'm 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 speculating based off of what I've what we see, right? So I mean, yeah, and I think that there's a lot of people too that will directly correlate uh, mistakes and um, penalties on the field with that as oh, well. Oh, right? well, yeah. So, I mean, we I mean, nauseum. We talked about that. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, I, I that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. So um, yeah, like I said, I'm 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 willing to bet he wasn't guaranteed anything that he's going to come and he was going to work and i think that he wants to work for this guy and i think that he overall i mean probably liked it better at syracuse than he did lsu um and that's why he didn't make it there and he came back here so um but the marcellus barnes guy the reason why that was a big one is because i mean he he um he picked on national television during during a high school all-american game you know so um, a number one, he was a high school All-American. I think he's ranked, you know, in the nation as a top 200 player. But also, too, I mean, that's big recognition. As as we we've gotten a lot since Fran Brown, right, with McCord and some of these other guys, uh, King Joseph Edwards. Um, but to be on live TV and have Syracuse's hat next to Old Miss in Georgia, and this guy pick him, um, I think that's that's a big deal. So um, definitely welcome him into the. Uh, Onto the team, and um, also uh, this past weekend we had a uh, a visit visits with a bunch of offensive and defensive linemen. I know that they were talking about it um, on uh, 
I think Brian Higgins show and Mike McAllister came on and they said something like there was like a combined like 2,300 pounds of offensive and defense alignment that um, visited this week. But um, before that, we did get uh, Demetrius Witherspoon uh, transfer li- I offensive mean, alignment. This dude's huge, right? He doesn't yeah, have six seven three thirty five. Um, from Howard, is that where he's he? from? Yep, he's from Howard. Uh, kind of looks like the Buffalo Bills, but it, it looks um, identical to the Buffalo Bills logo. <laughs> what do you mean, kinda? Right. <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> but this guy, obviously, you know, this is something that we need. We've we've seen how he's hit the portal and Fadil Diggs, another guy we're about to talk to, Tank Wilson Jr. Um, but yeah, Demetrius Wilson, he's six seven, three thirty five, and he was um, an HBCU All American. So he was the best of the best, and I know that it's a lower level of competition but you know there's guys that can play three four years there grow and then be uh you know good enough to come up to the power five and contribute so um i think that's a big get and especially adding that depth and that experience um and then again i mean we we got fadil Diggs, big guy from texas a&m but uh, tank tank wilson jr uh from new mexico state another transfer he's a d lineman and he's six five three hundred pounds that's a big boy and um you know, we always talked about how we had to play some of these gimmicky, you know, three three five, and how it's tough to get, you know, recruit offense and defensive line, especially up in Syracuse, and um, and now we're starting to finally see uh, Fran Brown kind of hit those areas, and we talked about it too, right? Like, you're gonna get Kyle McCord, you better get some guys to help. So, bringing in the Joshua Millers and the Weatherspoons on offense, and the Tank Wilsons and the Fidio Diggs on defense, I mean, that's that's instantly giving us, you know, size. Um, that we really haven't had in those positions for quite some time. So, I mean, six five, three hundred pounds on the line. It's a big boy. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's going to help. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what gets put together. Like I said, you know, I'm, it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to wait. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I wish I wish yeah. almost that. Yeah, you know. I'm going to enjoy my summer and all that stuff. But. Absolutely. And I mean, it just, this is one of the more exciting classes. You look at Fran Brown. I mean, Seth, if you look, you know, and obviously we know that numbers ultimately don't mean anything. They got to come in and they got to produce uh, and they got to work for it. <clears throat> but seven out of the eight of our highest ranked recruits have come from Fran Brown in less than a month and a half of him being here. So, well, if I'm going to play devil's advocate with that, the guy was recruiting, has been recruiting, he hasn't stopped recruiting just because. You know, I mean, you have to expect expect a level of some of that to follow him, no matter where he went. Oh, a hundred percent. Plus okay. the excitement, you right. know. And you have Elijah Robinson come from Texas A and M too, who obviously right. is a great recruiter. So you, have a you lot get those of, guys. You had a lot of things in motion that you know contribute to a lot of things in a little amount of time, because these things have been being worked on long before. He even probably knew he was coming to Syracuse, so and, and for the both of well, them, that's that's what you do as a recruiter, right? Well, I yeah. mean, as a recruiter, you're as you know, freshmen and sophomores in high school, you're you're going in there and you're creating you know relationships with these kids, getting them to trust you, you know, eventually getting their parents and the, the people around them to trust you that, that you're the one that's going to be able to take care of them at the next level, and you know, get them to where they need to be success wise, whether that's prepping them for the NFL or prepping them for life. And obviously, you know, with Elijah Robinson and Fran Brown, um, even Nick Williams to a certain point, um, you know, that's what they have. That's what they've been doing. And obviously you can see um, the momentum 
and obviously the fact of them being on the road and having these relationships, you can see, obviously, you know, we are definitely getting the fruits of that labor right now. So, um, yeah, absolutely. So the, the, uh, Syracuse at Duke debacle, I mean, if you want to call it that, I can call it that. I think I just, it, it's, a, you know, we, we always, the, the trite, tale of two halves only in a negative way right i mean syracuse plays an an absolutely stellar first half right there was some mistakes there was enough turnovers there you can point a lot of fingers there was some issues there but at the end of the day duke wasn't hitting threes and also uh, filipowski was shut down second half duke makes the adjustments you get a couple guys get hot mcjane and uh, a couple other guys Get hot, McJane. A couple other guys get hot, and uh, you know they hit eight for eight in the second half, and Syracuse couldn't keep up. And I think any team, every team, if you want to, I mean, lose their composure slightly, speeding the game up on themselves, creating more turnovers. A lot of those turnovers turned into um, three point open three pointers, and it just turned into. At the end of it, uh, a 20-point loss, very reminiscent of the Maui Invitational. And, you know, it just, as far as Syracuse has come, and as good as they are, and as talented as they are, it just goes, it just puts, thing in, puts things into perspective, brings us down to earth a little bit, and like, okay, look, this is not, this is not who we are yet. Like, there's work to be done. And unfortunately, in the world of basketball these days, if, if you ain't paying, they ain't playing, and you got guys on this team, one in particular, who we all know and love, was is not going to be here next year. So the development has got to happen now with what we got. Because next year, I mean, yeah, you got Donnie Freeman and um, what's his name coming in. Um, but we only have we only have two recruits for next year, right? So Elijah Moore. Um, yeah, Elijah Moore and Donnie Freeman. So both four-star guys, both excellent recruits. But, um, you know, I still think this is a tournament team. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I, um, you know, we're just about halfway through the season too already. I mean, it's damn close. So, um, you know, there's there's a little bit of time to, to obviously get get the get things going. I wouldn't say that it was like I said at the preview. I just wanted to be competitive with it, and it was for a certain amount of time. And it just then it was as soon as it wasn't competitive, it was done, and you you saw the train just you know go straight off the tracks, and it's unfortunate, but I guess because I I had higher expectations, uh, that's why I was a little upset about it. But to be expected, I think at this point against that team in that arena. Yeah, that's uh, the expectations to me. They, it came in the first half and the fact that we played them to a two-point, you know, to a two-point game at halftime. Uh, but realistically, this is kind of indicative of how we've played against every team that's kind of been like this. Um, I know that Virginia's lost a couple here recently that's kind of pushed them out a little bit. But Virginia at home is almost impossible to beat so yeah, I didn't, that's why i know. didn't lump i didn't even lump virginia into that because that was a disaster kind of from the get-go almost so it wasn't it wasn't I mean, it wasn't the games that even the maui invitational that we watched where they really hung there strong until they just couldn't 
I mean, the cream rose to the top in those three games. Tennessee, Gonzaga, and Duke. Yeah. You know, yeah, and those are the biggest, yeah, those are the highest rated, you know, teams as far as the teams that we've played. So, yeah, um, obviously it's, I don't want to say that it's not surprising and make it act like, oh, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, this is just what we've seen against, like, just really good teams this year. Well, Duke's um, had our number, too. It's at nine in a row. So Yes. Yeah, I mean, something like that. They've been, they've been yeah. And they're, you know, like I said, they're a good team. And realistically, so to, to your point, I mean, they were missing in the first half. You know, um, they probably could have been up a little bit more. And there's a couple, you know, bad mismatches there. Um, and then obviously, you know, you don't expect the team to shoot what 75, 78% from the floor, like and go eight for eight from the three point line in the second half. But, um, sometimes that happens. And when that happens at home, good luck, especially if you don't have a big lead. Oh, so Syracuse had the crowd taken out of it in the first half. They were, Oh, they did. They were but all... then you have to come out in the, in, in the second half and kind of keep that going, you know? Yeah. And I think they did for a little while, but not long enough. And then it was pretty much, like you said, they start to press. You get down a certain amount, and now you start going a little bit faster, trying to do stuff that, you know, you uh, don't normally do. There were some some bad turnovers. I thought Chris Bell had a couple bad turnovers. I mean, I mean at that level, at that level, getting caught in the air and throwing turnovers like that, I mean, that's... Everybody ex- kind of struggled, man, to be honest with ex- you. I mean, yeah, Malik, yeah, Malik Brown yeah. had a day. I mean, Malik Brown was fantastic. He shut down Phil Polsky in the first half. And what? how many minutes did McLeod get? I mean, three? None? I mean, what, what was it? Yeah, seven. So, um, you know, Malik Brown, I think, um, speaking of, uh, and, and we'll, we'll just transition right into uh, Boston College. I think he's going to be needed there. Uh, the all-time series between Boston College and Syracuse sits at 57-26 and 26 in favor of the Orange. The Orange, uh, they've just dominated this series in the last, like, 10 years. They're on a 10-game win streak right now. And 17-3 um, and three in the last 20 meetings, dating back all the way to 2014. So um, totally handling uh, Boston College as of late. Last year, um, two times, two times winning. Uh, first one, Mintz, Gerard, Edwards, Bell, and Williams. Gerard with 24 points, Williams with 11 rebounds. And then uh, the, the later game, 77 to 68, Mintz, Gerard, uh, Edwards, Bell, and Brown. And Edwards with 27 points. So handle them pretty easily both times. The Syracuse Orange Men and the Boston College Eagles first met in 1959. The Eagles would win the first three games in six of the first nine. Since then, the Orange have had a significant upper hand, according to orangehoops.org. The two teams met eight times in the Big East tournament, with Syracuse leading the series 5-3. to three. The two teams had six seasons where they played each other three times in one year. Overall, Syracuse and Boston College were 34-17 and 17 in Big East games. And this is why I love these games. I love the Pitt games. I love the Boston College games still. And that's what pains me when you talk about breaking out of the ACC and doing something else. We still at least have some of this familiarity from, from the old Big East schools. So uh, Big uh, Boston College, they're going to play about eight guys or so for the most part. You'll have four guys averaging double digits coming into this game for BC. That group's led by fifth-year senior seven-foot forward Quinton Post in his third year um, with Boston College. He was a transfer from Mississippi State a couple years ago. 
Uh, he's averaging 18 points a game, an obvious problem down low for the Orange, but an even bigger problem is that he can shoot, and that was what I was alluding to with Brown. Probably going to see some more minutes out of him again against Boston College. Uh, currently, 21 for 45 from three is post, and that's good enough for 46.7%. Another problem, uh, Charleston Southern transfer called Al Harris, 6'3", junior uh, guard. He's averaging 15.5 points a game. This is his first year with the BC squad. He's another guy that can hit from outside. 34 for 75 on the year so far. Good enough for 45.3% from behind the arc. So, you know, when we, we've we talked, I mean, just seeing what uh, Malik's Brown, Malik Brown has done so far this year against big guys, I'm I'm pretty impressed so far. He hasn't been handled down there as, as badly as he could or would or, you know, maybe should be in some cases. But the outside shooting, again, um, Boston College has got some of that. And, you know, they don't really have like this anything that really sticks out to me on their schedule as far as wins. I mean, nothing. I mean, I could be I could be wrong, Joe, but I don't see I don't see anything. They they, they took NC State into overtime um, and, and lost um that's pretty good this year. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. They took them into overtime and lost 84 to 78. What's funny is, is um, they also played Wake Forest and lost 84 to 78. So both both of their uh, ACC losses, uh, the one win came against Georgia Tech this past weekend, but both of their losses were 84 78 losses. So um, they did grab their first ACC win this past Saturday, and um, you know, in the net, BC 74. So at home, this is going to be a quad two game. Again, this is a quad one game for Boston College um, on the road. So another quad two game, which is, um, you know, another something to keep an eye on. And when Joe and I were just talking before we came on, Oregon's one spot away from becoming a quad one win. If Oregon can, we need to root for Oregon. If, Mm -hmm. if, If they can continue doing what they're doing, they are going to jump up into a quad one win. And if I remember right, Syracuse hasn't had a quad one win since they beat UNC in the ACC tournament right before it was shut down by COVID, if I remember right. Is that right? Yeah. Um, God, if it ain't right, it's close. I, I, at least a ranked team. It's, I would have to I would have to look, but I just remember that being that their last big win, and then everything was shut down, and it, yeah. and that's why it's stuck in my head because we we're about to play Louisville, and win the ACC tournament. That's what was about to happen, and it got shut down. So anyway, Joe, um, with with what I said, I mean, you could add you could add a couple other guys into the mix here, whatever you think, but um, you know, give me your thoughts on first of all, the guys that can shoot because that tends to be our problem. And, yeah. you know, obviously we got home field advantage and it's Boston College. And we've we've had their number. We've beat them, did I say, was it 10 times in a row so far? That was uh, nine or 10, you it's said. Ti- think, it's 10 times in a row now, but 17 out of the last 20. So they're tired of us winning too, by the way. And they've got a decent team. And like I said, not not there's not a glaring win on here, but that doesn't well, mean they're not talented. And that's kind of where I was going to go with it because um, they actually do have a quad one win against St. John's. Oh, so, gosh, you're kidding me. Yeah. So actually, okay. you know, they have a quad one win and we don't. So, 
Yeah. And but when you look at the net rankings, though, you know, we are what 0 and 4 in quad one games, mm-hmm. but we are 2 and 0 in quad two, and I think we're 5 and 0 or 4 and 0 in quad three, and 2 and 0 in quad four. So the only losses that we've had are from quad one teams. You know, you flip it on Boston College, they're 1 and 1 in quad one, but they're 1 and 2 in quad two, and they're 3 and 1 in quad three, then 5 and 0 in quad four. So Half their wins have been against quad four teams, and they have a loss all the way down to quad three. Um, so that just kind of tells me that they've just been, you know, a little inconsistent. That's all, and you know, that's kind of par for the course of the team like this. Because realistically, a lot of these guys are, are sophomores. You know, first one or two years in, um, and uh, they rely heavily on Quinton Post and, like you said, Claudel Harris, uh, the transfer from Charleston Southern. Uh, he was averaging 17 points over Charleston Southern last year. So he's a junior, Quentin Post, fifth-year senior. So those guys are your experience. Um, Jaden Zachary's been there a while. He's got some experience. But after that, it's just a lot of guys stepping up into new roles. Devin McLaughlin yeah. just had 30 points yeah. against George Tech to come back and win on uh, Saturday. Donald Hand Jr., Prince of Legby, um, Mason Madsen, who a couple years ago transferred from Cincinnati. He can shoot every once in a while. But – like you said, they're only going to bring in eight guys, um, and they're not like a huge or a tall team. Um, but just even looking at like a Quinton Post, one thing I noticed is that he is second on the team as far as average assists per game. So the offense runs through the Jaden Zacharys and the Quinton Posts, and then you know they expect Claude L. Harris to help score. Um, but then again, you get a, somebody like Devin McLaughlin who's averaging ten points a game, and he gets thirty then you know, you're going to end up winning a game like that against Georgia Tech. Uh, they ended up shooting 12-23 from the three-point line. So, again, um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you don't – I don't know if we know what kind of Boston College team we're going to get. Um, like you said, they're improved. They're much improved, but they are young. And, um, and they're Boston College. And they're Boston College. Yeah, I mean, they can beat us is what I'm saying. They have the talent to show up and beat us if we lay an egg. But to me, when I look at their net ranking and game to game, it's kind of up and down, not consistent versus when you look at Syracuse, it's like, OK, well, unless Chalk, we're playing, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it as Syracuse fan, like, like unless we're playing like a tournament team, then we're I'm expecting to win at this point. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah, I mean, I would I would tend to agree. I, I think it's going to come down. The year is going to come down to whether or not Syracuse can defend the three point line. They they they've done a I mean Malik Brown has done a pretty good job of doing what he does down low. I mean he had a huge game against Duke. You know I mean those are the points in the paint and what what he does defensively is pretty damn good and it's not easy to do at all. And unfortunately these days in college basketball and you're a big man you, you got to do it all. Yeah. And and that's why McLeod is just not getting the minutes right now. He's just a he's just a rim protector. That used to be all you needed to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's not the case anymore. You've got you've got to be a Filipowski. You got to be a Quentin Post. You got to be a, um, a, a PJ P, Hall. PJ Hall. Yeah. You you've you've got to have it all. And um, defensively as well. It's like the most complete package is your is your is your uh, center now, right? Or well, your big forward that, or whatever. The, the down low big guys, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, 
Uh, you look at you can get away with it if you got some offensive moves. You look at um, you know Zach Eady from Purdue. That guy's huge, and they feed him the ball all the time. And he leads the the NCAA in free throw shots. You know. And um, by the way, Malik Brown not bad. I don't know what he is. I can look it up right now. But I was that's a good point because he's excellent from the line. Oh Malik yeah, Brown. I know. I'm just talking about the amount of times they go. Like Zach Eady's gone to the line more I than gotcha. Judomans this year. So Oof, okay. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Purdue, they've been really good teams throughout the regular season for a long time. And they've had they're known for their big guys down low that might not necessarily be able to shoot from the outside. Um, and, he's you know, 16 they, for 18, by the way, which is not getting there a lot, but he's good. Yeah. Um, but last year, Purdue lost to a one seed and Purdue usually doesn't get too far in the tournament. So overall, for a chance to, you know go through the tournament and have a chance for a national championship. Yeah. I mean that the day of the, just the down low big men, I think are going away. Um, and they have to do a little bit more. And when you do have those players that can stretch the floor, then it just makes it that much more difficult as you can see a la our situation. Cause anytime we play somebody that can stretch the floor and shoot threes, it's going to be tough to justify having Naheem McLeod on, on the floor. Yeah, well, we said in the beginning of the year it was, it was just going to be, uh, for Naheem in particular, it's going to be a matchup issue. It just feels like now that we're in full force ACC play, the the, the matchups are relatively uh, close. Yeah, and saying. I didn't know. And I'm not saying that he can't play at Syracuse. I'm not saying that. And we've seen centers, you know, grow through through our program. So, you know, it's not – we've seen Jesse Edwards and, and some other guys that weren't yeah, too it, great the first couple of years. Right. That, but Jesse Edwards is not usually – you know, getting back on a three-point shooter or coming up on a three-point shooter either. Well, we don't know, right? What, he played zone the whole time, yeah, and that was my true. whole point. Was yeah. When we got Naheem McLeod, I, that's, I was still wasn't sold at that point that we weren't going to be playing 2-3 zone because I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know how What's he's going he to help us man-to-man if we're going to be playing man-to-man. So when we picked him up, I thought we were going to play a lot more man or 2-3 zone than we actually are. And now that I see that we're not, I mean, I feel like he would be a perfect center zone. for a two-three zone. Yeah. But I mean, right now it's just you know you plays against these these type of centers that can that are athletic and can dribble and drive and shoot threes. That's t- that's tough for a guy like Naheem. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it's going to be um, another game where I think we're going to be puckered up, but being at home, I like to see this one at home, by the way. I mean, they're going to play again. And Mm -hmm. not only that, but as the ACC play continues, got Boston college, North Carolina, and then we're going back to Pitt, to Pitt to play them. So uh, of course they want revenge. We handled them pretty good and it doesn't get any easier. So no, doesn't we play Clemson still twice to go? Um, UNC again. We're gonna have to play Boston College twice. I mean, it's brutal, and it all of the all of the breaks and the and all that's done. It's it's pretty much pedal to the metal now, except for yeah. no. I mean, it's pretty much pedal to the metal. I mean, we're we're gonna be getting after it. No, yeah, and when you talked about it earlier too, you were talking about the. Uh, the growth of the team, right, and bringing up Judah and how he's not going to be here probably next year. And this, I'm, I mean, at this point, we're in a situation where we shouldn't really have to worry about that, you know. I mean, we need to be able to grow and develop and get to the fact that just to a place to where we can be a tournament team, obviously, 
you know, our eyeballs tell us, you know, that we're a tournament team, but hopefully our resume um, reflects that at the end of the season as well. So, um, well, I because, think because at the same time, we're only bringing in two guys, right? But we lose Judah. Who knows? We might be losing a couple of other guys to transfer trans- portal. But nowadays, with transfer portal stuff, I mean, we can replace guys. So it's like um, Amazon now. Yeah, we'll worry about yeah, we'll worry about that when the time comes. Right now we got Judah and we got talent. It's just, you know, figuring out the pieces, getting these guys confidence and trying to get over that hump of being able to play a full forty minutes against the tournament team. Yeah, being able to hang with, with the with the blue chips and right. it's it's an, another thing too. I mean, we can look at the Oregon game and keep our eyes are the yeah, look back at the Oregon game, keep our eyes on that and hope that it becomes a quad one win, but at the end of the day, I mean, wouldn't it be nice to to go beat a, a North Carolina or even an NC State, which is right on the cusp of being yeah. a ranked team? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah, and that would be nice if Oregon did get us that. But at the same time, in your heart of hearts, did, was it really right? I mean, I mean, they had a couple of guys to, out. If they, right? If they got healthy and they actually got up to a quad one win like game, they were like a for sure tournament team. I feel like you got to put it. I mean, yeah, you got to play. An you got, on there. I get it, but there's an asterisk. Yeah, on that thing. I agree. So there's an asterisk on that sucker. So I agree. It's not anything to like sit here and and um you know do shots together about. Yeah, no, we won, and I'll right. take the W. And I mean, uh, quads they don't look at that type of stuff. And on paper, yeah, we got a quad one win. But yeah, and we're getting it's quad season. We're in quad yep. season now, so yep. it's something to keep an eye on. Um, LSU was another one that had a big jump. After beating, I think Texas A and M, right? And then, mm-hmm. um, so they're 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 far enough behind right now where you know they they've got a ways to go. But it would just be nice, I'm saying, to grab one outright, like from the get, you know, because yeah. you you beat a you beat a Clemson, a, an NC State, or a UNC, and that's going to be a quad one win for the rest of the season, most likely. I mean, it's not something you got to be like, oh well, you know, North Carolina, what happened to them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, all right, Joe. Let's let's go ahead. Let's do let's do the old rigmarole here real quick. I don't even have last week's. Um, I must have tossed them. Anyways, we were both really <laughs> wrong because we had the game within like I think I think I, I had, had my, it within my, six. My guess was in one was within one point. Okay, yeah. Well, that's not good. Um, look <laughs> at at home. I'm expecting damn halftime. I'm expecting Syracuse to show up. I'm expecting Syracuse to keep the uh, the win streak alive against Boston College, and no one sucks as bad as Boston College except for Pitt. So, sucks to suck. I I, I think I think that Syracuse handles Boston College at home. Uh, this is especially in football has been heating up, and I'd like to see it continue with basketball. But, um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say Syracuse. Um, eighty-two to seventy-eight, Syracuse. Oh, pretty good one. Damn, you think we in the eighties? <clears throat> I mean, why not? Home game. Joe had Duke. Yeah, that's right. Uh, listen, David, do you write these down, bro? This dude's got a memory like an elephant. He said Joe, Joe had seventy-nine, seventy-eight. Joe had 79-78, Sean had 85-78. So I thought I had a six-point spread. I had a seven-point seven spread, so my bad. You win. Way, way to keep a, keep us honest, David. That's my guy right there. 
Um, what do you got, Joe? Spit yeah, it out. So, I don't even I mean, need to write these down, apparently. So statistically, yeah, I know. It's, statistically, I think we're pretty close when you look at the um, the metrics. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's this is weird because it's a game where it could easily be close, like you say, or I think there's uh, there's there's a way that we could win this by double digits. You know what I mean? So, um, but I think that this is a pretty good matchup for us, considering that Boston College's offense is better than their defense. Our defense is better than our offense. So. I think that we'll be able to get some guys going on offense that haven't been able to get going against teams like I mean, Duke and Virginia and stuff like that. So, but, I mean, and, Bell and um, Taylor, we're waiting for Bell and Taylor to come back. I mean, I'm waiting for him to come back to three yeah. point land. I mean, yeah, because if they don't, who's gonna? Uh, nobody. Be my guess. Well, yeah, last week, Quadir or last oh, game, Quadir I mean, had two two yeah. threes and that led the team. Yeah, I mean, I that's think what not was it? Doing, Quidier, that's, that's not doing. Quadir hit one, Malik hit one, and Star- and Starling hit one. Like Starling's three. an option there. Starling's been okay there. He's been he's been getting a little bit he's better. Been, yeah, um, but I mean, one, two, and three. That's not going to cut the mustard, bro. Yeah, but I think I'm right there with you. We need to stop Quentin Post. And I, I know Jaden Zachary last year kind of gave Judah fits, and he can kind of get in his head a little bit. But I think Judah's grown and gotten you know matured a little bit more. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I I'm kind of right there with you. I'm gonna go a little bit lower though. Um, I'm gonna go Syracuse 78, Boston College 71. Okay, all right, all right. Look, we'll we'll try to get back here Thursday. We'll try to get back here Thursday. And talk about Boston College. Talk about UNC. Um, I thought we were gonna get back here. I don't even remember what it was, Joe. Last Monday, I don't even remember. Anyways, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a week uh, off. You know, we had stuff going on. I got. Yeah. I had a. Uh, this is our first outing, show with twenty twenty four to the Carolina Panthers. Well, that's right. We were supposed to go yesterday, and Joe um, had better things to do. Apparently. Well, so. I mean, I'll tell you, it's fun to go with your, you know, the work when they got the, you know, the box, you know, the all you can eat and drink situation and great seats. Um, but Carolina is just awful. And that was like the most boring game I think on TV yesterday. There wasn't even a touchdown. The end it was zone? nine nothing. Someone fumbled out of the end zone. Did that happen? I thought I saw that. Yeah, yeah. DJ Chark for Carolina. Yeah, he was going into. Uh, it ended up being a touchback, but he was going into the. Right. That's what it becomes. The end zone, and he fumbled into the end zone, and defense got the ball, and it's touchback. And then there was a touchdown later on. The Carolina had they got called back for like a holding or a false. I don't know. Something stupid. I watched so. about two seconds of that game, and I watched um, I watched Jets in, in the Patriots. Oh, real quick. Well, I watched the Jets and the Patriots just for fun because it was it was Snowball 2024. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was looking, and, and I was rooting for my Bills last night really hard, Joe. And uh, oh. got, <laughs> <laughs> my guy, Josh Allen, he looked so good. He didn't look so good, but, you know, defense came through, apparently. I shut it off. But anyway, yeah. Um, not because I was mad, I was tired. Not that I even really care. But okay. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, 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 I'm tying it in like this. I wanted, I wanted Buffalo to win that game so bad because I've got Steelers. Remember, didn't I talk, mention to you the Steelers fans at work? Didn't I say this on the air like not that long ago? 
like the last time we were here. I got Steelers fans at work. So if, if okay. Buffalo beat Miami, not only did they clinch the AFC East, and I have one of my warehouse manager is uh, is oh, a, a Patriots fan, but they clinched the AFC East, right? So now they get to host Pittsburgh, and it's going to start snowing in Buffalo tomorrow. It's going to be a frozen mix tomorrow, Wednesday, and then it's just snow for like, I don't know, four weeks straight. So that should be a fun game. That should be a fun game to watch. I've been... the. I've been waiting for a bad weather game and we've gotten some rain, but that's not any fun. I mean, don't you want to see a whiteout? Isn't that what like this time of year for NFL football is? It's so much fun. Yeah. If Buffalo would have lost. I think they would have went to Kansas city, right? Or no, if like Buffalo that. lost, they'd have to stay in Miami and play the dolphins again. No. Yes. Yes. Almost wow. positive. That's what I saw yesterday. Um, but no, who's Kansas City getting instead? I can't remember. Miami. Okay. All right. A- at Miami. That's why I thought. No, it's at Kansas oh, City. Oh, you're right. It is because Kansas City won the West. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty I sure there's a well, I, I don't know. Stand in Kansas City. But anyway, um, it was a fun day of football yesterday, kind of. The Raiders <laughs> taking care of the Broncos for like the eighth time in a row, which is awesome. And, Giants um, beat the Eagles. Giants beat that. the Eagles. That was hilarious. I was I was even rooting a little bit for some Tyrod Taylor. And hey, look, I want to bet. I want to bet at work. So that was did fun. you? Oh, I won fantasy football over the weekend. I beat my son. I whooped his ass. I scored more points in that game than I scored the whole season in any other game. Yeah, I lost both my you semifinals. Did? Semifinal, or I lost in the championship. Sorry, in both of them, I came in second place. But anyways, yeah, no, it was yo know, going going to the game. It was fun. It was my first NFL game in a suite. You know, kind of got the VIP treatment or whatever. But again, there was no touchdowns. It was all just this three field goals, nine nothing. Plus, you not you um, don't have a rooting interest really. So it's like well, and on top you're of just that, there for like food Char- and beer. Like Charlotte is like three hours from here, so it's like you know. We met up at like nine thirty in the morning, and I didn't get home until almost eight. So, yeah, it's a long day. Then a long day on a Sunday when you're just going right back to work the next day. So, yeah, which I just I just thought you were gonna call out today. That's why I said I'm, I can do it whenever. No, I figured, no, I figured you were gonna be home. No, I was okay. good. All right, um, it's good. I had to drive, so you know, I mean, I hear you. And I am going to the North Carolina game this Saturday too. You are. I am. Okay. All right. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate that. Um, I could be there in three long hours. story. I could be there in huh? three. I could be there in three hours. I. It wasn't my decision. Oh boy. I had an old army buddy that I. That's from Syracuse. That, but you didn't know each other until basic training. And last time he came down to Raleigh, I kind of flaked on him. We didn't really hang out. He had some stuff going on, and he hit me up, and he was just like, "Dude, we're coming down." I got a group of friends. We're uh, going to the UNC game, and I got you a ticket because <laughs> you're coming. So, well, that should be fun. I hope that you yeah. can send um, some well wishes there for a W because the last time you went to UNC, we got smoked. Um, so you can say me, but you went too, buddy. <laughs> we left at halftime, bro. It was a whole day trip for me. I left at halftime. Hey, look, anyway. I mean, like you said, UNC's not going anywhere. So in my opinion right now, I've obviously, like, it's, it's been, you know, I haven't been to the Dean Dome. So I want to go, obviously, bucket list type stuff yeah, with us going to away games, right? So, yeah, yeah. but my expectations are exactly what I said, unless, you know, that could be the next game they could change it. But that's a top 10 team. 
going to the tournament, and we've seen what we've done against those type of teams. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that be changes. something different. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going for the experience. Well, I mean, that's why you always go. Let's be honest. Right. So it's all about memories and having a good time. It's just the icing on the cake if your team wins. So anyway, um, look, that is going to do it for us. Not going to make any promises, but we will try to get back here as soon as we can. Uh, I know some some of some people were happy they thought this show was ending, but no, I'm sorry, we're still around, at least for now. Uh, sorry to disappoint. We'll see you when we see you. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.